Hey everybody, Wasilla Steve here from Alaska. You know, I listen to five or six podcasts regularly, and one of them is the handgun world. And why? Because I too am a cancer survivor. And because Bob survived cancer, and I survived cancer, Bob got the pleasure of teaching me in two of his classes. And boy, did he ever enjoy that. And I'm not trying to brag or anything, but he taught the best student he has ever had. That being my good friend who attended the classes with me. So here now, a true survivor, a great American, and hands down, one of the best instructors I know, Bob Maine. Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy. That is me. This is episode 515 to be exact. The release date is July 19th, 2020. Thanks for tuning in. So, just a quick reminder, this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic holsters outside the waistband, inside the waistband, appendix carry. Check them out. They are my favorite holster, and I have been using them for a long time. ConcealmentSolutions.com, and you get a discount, a 10% discount, just because you are a Handgun World Podcast listener, and that checkout code is handgun world one word and that gives you a 10 percent discount i was doing a lot of practicing last a week before last using my concealment solutions competition holster so they have great competition holsters check them out all right so i am going to talk today mostly about a red dot site in particular that i had a chance to check out uh sorry i took a week off there folks last week i just had a lot of things going but uh back in the saddle again this week and hopefully going to bring you some good content here about shooting a red dot sight and also about a gun that i had a chance to shoot as well so let me get into it right now you know red dot sights on pistols are becoming very very popular they've been around a while as a matter of fact, when I was associated with Suarez International, uh, Gabe Suarez was pretty much one of the original pioneers of red dot sights. I mean, everybody now claims to be an expert on red dot sights, but you got to go roll the tapes back and you got to pretty much check out who were the first people to be huge advocates of red dot sights. And Gabe Suarez definitely was. And I can remember, I believe it was probably 10 years ago, at least, when, uh, when Gabe was bringing those to market. And a lot of people really didn't think much of red dot sites. They kind of thought it was a fad that was going to come and go. But you know what? Uh, it's not. It's not a fad. Uh, 
that is going to come and go. It's here to stay. Now, they're kind of controversial. And what I mean is that people have a lot of different opinions. Uh, of course, you know, opinions are just that, opinions. Be careful not to accept everybody's opinion as fact. But uh, some people have done some actual testing. For example, Carl Wren. Uh, Carl Wren, I got to compliment him at KR Training in Texas. He's done a lot of testing of of students with red dot sites and most of his testing that he did uh, concluded that red dot sites really don't help you too much unless you're at a probably an intermediate level or slightly higher level shooter than that for beginners they really don't do much now those are the results of of Carl's test it was a pretty extensive test but that also doesn't mean that that's that's all 100% true and applying to everyone. So I'm going to put that out there. Some people really do improve greatly with a red dot and some don't. Here's what I've found. I found that a red dot does not do the same for a pistol that it does for a rifle. Uh, I think the benefits are huge for a rifle especially an AR-15 the red the, the red dot benefits are just enormous but when you put a red dot on a pistol it's it's much different because it's on a reciprocating slide that is moving back and forth with a lot of force uh, that's not the case on a rifle it's mounted in the in the same spot on the rifle and it doesn't really move it doesn't move when you fire the rifle when the rifle recoils, the red dot does not move. So that's a real big deal right there. And, uh, you know, physics just, physics comes into play when that happens. Now, red dots are getting better. They're getting a whole lot better. But I just don't think that they improve your shooting as much on a pistol as they do on a rifle. Now, I'm not saying they don't improve your shooting. So please don't misquote me or anything like that or misunderstand me. I'm just saying that I don't think the benefits are as incremental on a pistol. So let me talk about my own case and what I got a chance to shoot this uh, past weekend here. In my case, a red dot, a red dot slows me down at close distances. At close distances, like less than 10 yards, a red dot slows me down. Um, about a week and a half ago, I was out at the range with Ben Branham, and I put it on Facebook. I put a video up there, and we also have a little bit of it on the Shooters Club and also at Modern Handgunners. Uh, I was basically doing some speed drills, and I was trying to see how fast I could draw the pistol and put one shot on target. Um, and my best was 1.59 seconds. But... And I, and I need to improve that. I need to get that down to about 1.25. That's my goal. Draw in one shot and make a good hit with that one shot. But anyway, here's what I noticed is that at a distance of about seven yards, I really was not even getting a full sight picture. And I was pretty much hitting the center of the target. I was pretty much point shooting. If you If you look at the video I put out and I slow the video down to slow motion uh, I can tell that I was I was firing the gun before it got to my full line of sight 
it was at about three quarters of the way to my line of sight and I was firing the gun and making the hits because I've practiced it so many times and I've practiced doing that so many times it's really not that difficult especially when you get to know your gun you get to know where it shoots you get to know how you shoot it it's not that difficult to do that so you see a red dot would probably slow me down because if I'm looking for that red dot when I don't need to be when I could pretty much be point shooting uh, that's where a lot that's where I think a lot of people can run into trouble uh, and with iron sights with open iron sights I seem to be able to acquire the sights just as quick or even slightly quicker than a red dot now maybe it's just because I haven't practiced enough with a red dot but let me tell you what I got a chance to shoot and let me tell you some positives because there were a lot of really good positives so I got a chance to shoot a Glock 17 Gen 5 with a Holison uh, 507C the 507C version 2 uh, it was the multi reticle and so basically it has a 2 MOA dot and a 32 MOA circle so what was really cool about the about what you see is you see this this big circle 32 MOA and then you see a, a two dot MO or a two MOA dot in the middle of it and it's parallax free and it's a it was a red dot um, no green light but red uh, it was the solar failsafe version version with shake awake and I'm going to explain all that as I as I go on here in this podcast but it was really cool because one of the things I found out is that that nice 32 MOA circle it it made my eyes orient quickly to the small dot in the center and the small dot in the center is where I got my accuracy and I do have to say that I was more accurate my groups were tighter shooting with the red dot than they were with iron sights I had two Glock Gen 5 9, uh, Glock 17 Gen 5s and the trigger was about the same on both of these Glock 17s uh, on mine I have a three and a half pound uh, double diamond connector, connector that I bought, trigger connector that I bought through the Glock store, and my buddy had a, a three and a half pound lone wolf uh, trigger connector. So we had the triggers slightly modified on these Glock 17 Gen 5s, but they were pretty close to the same. I wanted to make sure that that the guns were pretty much the same when I compared iron sights to the red dot. So I don't think that the gun actually in the trigger made much of a difference because they were the same. I, I shot more accurately with the Holison red dot, but I could not acquire the target as quick. So, you know, when I was practicing and to see how fast I could acquire, and in other words, how fast I could get my gun on target, to where I was ready to fire I was faster with the iron sights but once I got my gun on target I was more accurate accurate with the red dot sight so that was an interesting phenomenon there um, I'll tell you what I like about this Holison uh, 507 and I this this is I'm probably gonna be buying one of these soon and I'm gonna buy a, a slide a special slide that's um, that's cut for 
this red dot. The, the, the good thing about it is it mounts on the same cut, the same cutout as a Trigicon. So if if you have a gun that's cut for a Trigicon RMR, the, the Holison will work on there too. That's a huge plus. I think that's an ingenious idea and a very good move by Holison to make the footprint the same as you're going to find on a gun that's, uh, that's cut out for a Trigicon RMR. Since right now, at least for now, the Trigicon RMRs are pretty much the most popular, but I'm seeing a lot of, hol a lot of people using Holisons. So I'm telling you, it's a, and for 309, approximately $309, uh, I think it's a great value, a, a, an excellent value. And I really like the concept of that, that large ring around the dot. Now, I'm going to say that this has a lot of adjustments on it. Uh, this red dot, I'm looking at some of the specs right now. Uh, there are 12 brightness settings, including dim settings compatible with night vision de devices. And also, it's a parallax-free optical design. And I also believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I can adjust, or my, uh, you can adjust the intensity of the light as well. And I think you can also adjust it so you only get the small red dot, the small 2MOA dot. You can get rid of the ring around it. But I like I liked that ring around it for defensive, up-close defensive shooting because it... If for some reason, it just draws my eye to the dot a lot, a lot easier. Um, so on my friend's gun, my friend's Glock 17 Gen 5, he had backup iron sights. And I was always, when I took the red dot class uh, that was taught by John Payne at Suarez International, when I took that a few years ago, you know, it was, it was a huge bit of training when John taught us to just look for your iron sights look for your backup iron sights just like you normally would and the red dot will suddenly appear it's right there in a split second it appears and then just make sure you're on target and uh, press the trigger now you got to have a good trigger press uh, having a red dot on your pistol does not make up for bad fundamentals and that's one thing i noticed again about 150 rounds of shooting this glock 17 gen 5 with this Holison on it. It does not make up for bad fundamentals. When I jerked the trigger, guess what? The red dot didn't help me with that. My shot was not on target. I didn't I didn't make a nice hit when I jerked the trigger. So you, you can't jerk the trigger. You just you gotta be don't be a trigger jerk, okay? <laughs> you, you you gotta have good fundamentals on this. But I noticed that what was really cool was that that big outer range just drew my eyes to the to the dot in the middle and I got I got one whole groups for about 10 rounds uh, and that was um, that was really cool that that's that's fun when you know to shoot one whole groups that's fun I moved the target out to about 10 yards pretty much the same not much difference between 7 and 10 yards and it was easy to acquire um, so I like some of those features. Uh, I like the rounded design better on the uh, on this red dot. I like the uh, the hood. The hood of it is round, whereas it's it's square on the RMR. 
I don't really like the square design of the RMR as much as I like the rounded design of the Holison. Now, um, and and by the way, it was uh, it was mounted on on his gun very nicely. What he did is he bought a slide. Uh, I think it was a Zev. Yeah, it was a Zev Orion slide, and um, it was it was on there very nicely, and it was it was mounted very well, and it held zero. I uh, had had no problem with that. I really like the fact that it's a shake awake. So basically, as soon as it detects a, detects movement, uh, when you draw it out of your holster or take it out of the sh of the safe or whatever, it it wakes up and there's the red dot. And it's also got it's solar powered as well. So according to the specs I'm reading right here, it looks like um, the solar power gives it about 50,000 hours of of battery life um, because it will it's kind of like a hybrid device it will use solar when it can and then switches over to battery power when when it cannot use solar power so I mean 50,000 hours wow I mean that's that's pretty good <laughs> that's a that's a long time 50,000 hours and uh, you know you do have to have backup sites I'm a firm believer with with any red dot on a pistol you should have backup sights and ideally you should have suppressor height sights so that you can have a true co-witness a true backup so you always have to be prepared you know I'm I'm of the survivalist mentality most of you know that about me uh, I first started podcasting when I was talking about common sense survivalism at today's survival show and so you, you've got to have a backup plan always. And so you might have to shoot this gun if your red dot dies, if your battery dies or the red dot fails. There's always that failure element with anything electronic where it could go wrong. Even on my AR-15, I've got, I got backup iron sights. I'm co-witnessing with the red dot on my rifle. I just think it's smart. It's prudent. And I would not have a pistol set up with a red dot unless I had iron sights co-witnessed. Now, another thing, I didn't get a chance to test this, but another thing that Hollison says in their specs is that the solar failsafe feature, it's pretty cool. Um, what it does, it has an automatic brightness adjustment. So when you're under the sun, you got a brighter dot. And when you move inside... It dims down to match the level of light indoors I think that's pretty cool I think that's a that's a great design so a lot of thought and a lot of technology has been put into this uh, these red dots uh, the, especially this model the HS 507 C version 2 and I, th I think I'm gonna get one of these and I'm, I'm gonna test it and uh, I think it's a uh, I think it's a good purchase, and it's a, uh, a it's a very smart uh, design. And for the price point, uh, a friend of mine that just uh, just bought a, a new AR-15, um, he bought a nice Holison red dot, and um, you know shot himself a, a fox at 75 yards with it, and uh, when he was out hunting a few weeks ago. So I, I you know it's a it's a good option if you if you're if you need to get a red dot now 
you know, are there red dots that are better than this one? Probably so. And if you want to spend money in the $600, $700, $800 range, I'm sure, you know, you can buy something even even fancier and probably more feature-rich and maybe even more sturdy or whatever. Uh, I remember watching uh, Gabe Suarez did a video a while back, several years ago, where he, uh, I think he had a Glock pistol with a Trijicon RMR, and he uh, and he hammered hammered a nail into a two by four, using the red dot to demonstrate the toughness of of the Trijicon RMR. I don't think I would try that with this Holison, or really, I don't think I would do that with <laughs> with with any red dot. To, to be honest, <laughs> it, but but I think I think Gabe was trying to make a point when he when he did that to demonstrate the toughness. But there's something to be said for that kind of toughness. Uh, there is there's something to be said, and uh, uh, that's good. But I I think this uh, I think this Holison 507 would be plenty tough for what the average uh, person is going to use it for on a defensive pistol so my Glock 17 Gen 5 I just used the standard uh, iron sights and uh, matter of fact I was using I was using Glock sights the the, the Glock sights that come with the gun and uh, that maybe that's part of the reason my groups weren't quite so good but they weren't too much worse than than the Holison red dot but they they were worse um, so the red dot significantly, especially compared to the crappy Glock sights. But then, um, the next time I test this gun, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out my uh, my gun with the uh, Trijicon HD uh, night sights that I really really like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a side by side comparison uh, because those are my favorite iron sights and those are the ones that I use the most. Although I got to say folks, you know, a lot of people talk about how bad the factory sights are on a Glock. They're not that bad, folks. Come on. I've taken my I've taken my totally stock Glock Gen 5 19, Glock 19 Gen 5. Totally stock with with crappy Glock polymer sights. I've taken that to IDPA matches and I've had no problem. No problem making hits. So, I mean, they're not that bad. Uh, the The major criticism I have about the stock Glock sights is that they're 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 plastic, so they're going to break much easier or come off much easier than a good quality pair of steel sights, and uh, that's that's the only thing. Although I tell you, I have to say I've never had I've never had Glock polymer sights break on me, and I've taken. I've shot a whole day of a two-day class with stock Glock sights, and I had no problems, uh, and they didn't fall off the gun either. So I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Personal experience. I speak from personal experience. One thing I don't want to do on this podcast, folks, I don't want to just parrot what other what other people say. Oh, that bothers me when people do that when when they parrot what other people say. And sometimes I'll even admit, well, I've never tested this, but I have heard other people say that XYZ happens. I hate that. You know, don't repeat what other people say XYZ happens. Go test something for yourself 
and then explained what happened when you tested it. I think people have more credibility. So I'm going to tell you, I have shot Glocks with their stock polymer sights. I've shot them for an entire day. I've done this twice, actually. Uh, I've done it for an entire day of a two-day class. And I've had zero problems. And I was able to make decent hits. Um, I've, also, I've also used red dots. And I've, I've never had a red dot fail on me. I've never had that. Everybody says, oh, a red dot could fail you at any moment. Well, maybe it could, but it's, it's never happened to me. And I've done a lot of shooting of guns with red dot sights, and I've never had one fail, even though I think it's important and almost mandatory to have backup iron sights. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when I did the M&P pistol review. Uh, I've, I've shot my stock M&P 2.0 compact with the standard Smith & Wesson sights that come on the M&P, the three-dot white sights, no problems. I've had zero problems with those. I can make hits just fine with those. Uh, it's all a matter of what you get used to. Now, there are better sights. I mean, you know, for competition purposes, I don't think you... I think it's very difficult to do better than a fiber optic front with a with a plain black rear sight on any gun if you're going to shoot iron sights in competition get a just get plain black rear sights a plain black rear sight with a nice red or green fiber optic front sight make sure you got a wide notch on the rear sight and and you're going to be fine in competition but i've done a lot of competition shooting with my Trigicon HDs and no problem and I got the uh, the green front sight on my Trigicon HD night sights and I've shot a lot of classes with those sights and I and also I took that um, I took that two day red dot pistols uh, class that uh, the John Payne taught and I've and I've gone competition shooting quite a bit with a red dot and so I've done a lot of com comparisons, red dot versus iron sights and different types of sights. And I think I, I think I mostly agree with Carl Wren's study that he did that for new shooters, uh, a red dot doesn't help them much. I'm at the level where I'd consider myself an intermediate shooter, maybe even towards the towards the higher end of intermediate level but but to be really honest and fair and and humble about it because I want to I want to tell you exactly you know what my level is I, I would just I would just say intermediate level I'm a good IDPA sharpshooter okay I'm not an IDPA expert or master but I'm a good IDPA sharpshooter level or I'm probably a good USPSA, I guess, high C level or, or low B level shooter. That, that's about where I am. I should be better than that, but, you know, uh, I'm not as mobile and quick. I don't have the reflexes I once had. When I started back in 2005, 15 years ago, I was about 43 or 44 years old, in much better shape. Um, 
I didn't just get done fighting cancer back then. I didn't, you know, I was much healthier. Now, I'm almost 59. I went through a real tough cancer fight five years ago. My mobility, my eyesight, my reflexes and things, they aren't what they used to be. But I'm improving, actually. I am improving. I, I've had a tough time for about two years after going through my cancer treatments. Uh, it was tough for me to shoot for about two years after that. The first couple of years, I'd get out on the shooting range and I'd, I'd get tired quickly. And my, my reflexes weren't there. I could just tell that my mental acuity just wasn't quite there. I, you know, I had a, had a pretty tough brain surgery because I had a, a cancerous tumor in my brain too that was removed in September of 2014. Thank God, without any major side effects. Now, but that was six years ago. So since then, I'm, I've been improving a lot. And of course, it's also a matter of practice. I'm not going to use my medical challenges as an excuse, as a total excuse. Uh, I practice more now. I practice more. I get out there with, uh, with Ben Branham, and I practice more, especially when we're creating videos. Uh, I do a lot of competition shooting. Uh, I've taken a lot of classes and things like that, so I'm practicing more. That obviously is the number one factor in your success in shooting. How much do you train? How much do you practice? You can't buy skill, ladies and gentlemen. How many of you would agree with me on that? I mean, you can buy some skill at a certain point. I think when you become an intermediate level shooter, you can buy some skill. But when you're a beginner, you really can't. You can't buy skill. You know, no nice fancy trigger or red dot sight or cool gun or anything like that is going to make you much of a better shooter if your fundamentals suck. If your fundamentals suck, you're just you're not going to shoot very well, folks. That's just the way it is. So you got to get the fundamentals down. You got to you got to practice and train. And when you're done practicing and training, then you got to practice and train again. And when you're done with that, then you got to practice and train again. And it never stops. It never stops. And I've noticed that when I take two or three months off, and I go back to the range, whoo, man, it's bad. Even though I only take two or three months off, it feels like I took a year off. So it's a perishable skill. And speaking of skills, just a reminder, September 19th and 20th, Ben Branham and I, uh, we're going to be teaching Beyond Concealed Carry in San Antonio. So come join us. We got several people signed up so far. Um, the weather's usually pretty good, third week of September. And uh, come down to San Antonio, make a good trip out of it. Hopefully a lot of COVID-19 will be behind us by then. And uh, come down, even if you're going to wear a mask, that's fine. Wear a mask throughout the class. That's, you know, we'll make sure that we social distance during the class. We'll be good about that. But if you feel more comfortable, uh, you know, wearing a mask, that's fine. Come on down. We don't mind masked men and women with guns coming to our class. That's okay. <laughs> we'll welcome you. Come train with us. Get signed up. You can find out all about the class at handgunworld.com handgunworld.com it's two days nine to five each day the 19th and 20th of september 2020 so back to this red dot side i was impressed with this holison i i was and um uh 
my friend had a real nice cool slide he had a zev slide uh, on there and he was just using a stock barrel a stock a gen 5 glock barrel and uh, so was i in my glock so the guns the guns themselves weren't too much different and uh i was impressed i was impressed with this red dot sight and i just i think it's really cool that that it's got the same footprint as a trijicon uh, rmr because so many guns out there uh, so many slides uh, come already cut and ready for a Trigicon. And even if you got like a Glock MOS or any of the other optics ready pistols, uh, the Holosun's probably going to work on on those mounts and on those slides. So I think that's that's pretty cool. So there's my analysis. That's my, my shooting review of this uh, red dot on the pistol on, on, uh, on a Glock 17 gen 5 uh if some of you have experience with with this red dot uh or actually any other red dot experiences that you want to share uh check call into the voicemail 210-646-1727 i'd love to hear from you 210-646-1727 and uh, i'll put you on the show and uh, probably make some comments about it but or if there's anything else, you got any questions or comments about anything else regarding the Handgun World podcast, call into the voicemail or email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing John Payne from Suarez International. We're going to talk about the Glock 44. He recently acquired a Glock 44, and he's been teaching a lot with it and using it for new students. That's the 22 caliber version of a Glock, uh, pretty much the same size as a Glock 19, chambered in 22 long rifle, and he said it's uh, it's fantastic for teaching new shoot new shooters. So tune in next Sunday for that interview uh, with John Payne Suarez International. We'll be talking about the Glock 44, and if I know John Payne, he'll be he'll have a lot of things to say about several other subjects as well <laughs> that's one reason why i like to bring john on the show and he's got a lot of credibility because he's done a lot of training taught a lot of training been in law enforcement for many many years uh he's just he's he's a smart person so tune in for that next week okay so i would like to finish up with kind of a modern survival segment kind of a uh, a common sense uh survival segment here where where i don't go tinfoil hat on you i don't believe in being a, a tinfoil hat survivalist i just keep this rooted in common sense and i, I kind of talk about better ways to get prepared and what i want to talk about is your your knowledge level and your skill level what kind of new skills and things have you been learning lately now one concept that I've been focusing on a little bit more lately is minimalism and learning how to do more with less, uh, learning alternative uses for different devices and different items, and also uh, learning how to cut certain items and certain things out of my life that I really don't need, um, you know, like cluttering, decluttering, and things like that. A lot of us tend to collect a lot of things that we don't need. I recently had I, I recently decluttered my gun safe. There were things I just weren't using. There were parts, there were 
things I weren't using. There was a lower that I wasn't using that I that I sold. I had an extra Glock 43 lower. Kind of a long story how I acquired that, but I wasn't using it. I have a Glock 43. I had an extra lower that I wasn't using, and I want to put that money towards something else, like like maybe the Hollis and Red Dot. So I sold that, and I'm going to be doing some more decluttering, not necessarily of, of gun items, gun-related items, but I just used that one as an example. For my uh, my regular job, my day job, the one that, that pays 90% of my bills, I did some decluttering. I had some salesperson demos that were that were I was not using anymore because they were older product. I gifted them to some very deserving customers, got rid of them, and I and I decluttered them. They were they were taking up space in my office that that didn't need to be there, and I needed that space for something else. And so these are types of things that can help us survive better because when you can go out with the old and in with the new, and even if it's out with the old and in with the new space or decluttering or getting rid of things that things that are just kind of weighting you down you know uh, maybe it's expenses maybe you got some expenses you're spending money on things that you really don't need the only expense I would suggest that you never cut out you know that's above and beyond the basics you, know, you got to have the basics food water and shelter and clothing and things I would not cut out anything that educates you don't cut out things that educate you because educating yourself, uh, you are the greatest investment you have. I learned that when I was a young man in my 20s working for the Tom Hopkins and Jim Rohn organizations. And I'll tell you what, you are the best investment that you can possibly make. Um, investing in, your, in, in yourself can even sometimes pay off better than, than successful financial investments because you know, I love that. I, I love Dave Ramsey. And I love what he says. He says, you know, your income is your biggest source of building wealth. Your income, and you you got to have income if you're going to build financial wealth. Well, typically you have to have knowledge and skill if you're going to have income. Knowledge, skill, health, and motivation in order to get income. So don't stop educating yourself. Would you agree? I hope I hope that makes sense to you, and I hope that that's something that that you take seriously. Speaking of educating yourself, um, Ben Branham and I have the Shooters Club, and it's a it's an eight dollar a month or seventy five dollar a year membership. And I tell you what, I'm real proud of the videos. We just put some new ones up recently. I'm real proud of the videos on shooting that Ben Branham and I uh, have have filmed. Uh, you're going to become a better shooter if you watch the videos. It's not going to replace a training class, but but you are going to learn some things because all the videos are how-to videos. They're hands-on how-to videos. We're not just, you know, like your typical YouTuber uh, spouting off about our opinion. We actually demonstrate. And also, if you check us out on YouTube for free, if you check us out at Modern Handgunners or go to the Handgun World Podcast YouTube channel, you'll see we, we've been doing a lot of how-to videos there. But if you want even more than that, consider going to ShootersClubMembers.com. That's ShootersClubMembers.com and getting signed up for $8 a month. And we really need the support, folks. Um, this show 
this is 90% listener supported. I have one sponsor, Concealment Solutions. That's it. Otherwise, this show is sponsored by generous people like you who sign up for the Shooters Club, who make their purchases on my Amazon store, who come to the training classes that we put out there, and things like that. I want you to get value, and I really think you're going to get a huge value by signing up, even if all you do is the $8 a month um, membership. And you get the same access. We just trust that you're going to get signed up and you're going to value it enough to keep your $8 per month membership going with us. So check that out. So that's pretty much it. Uh, that, that concludes this episode. Again, tune in next week. I'm going to have John Payne on the show. That's going to be a good interview, I'm sure, because it it usually is when I bring John on. And he's got some news to share with everybody as well. And so I'll just kind of tease you with that, and uh, and hopefully you'll be downloading next week. So, folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm Bob Main. You've just listened to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast, a practical show done by a practical guy. And folks, remember, evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Get my gun.